My name is John Chafee. I was trained as a pastor and this is one of the ways in which I try to do something good with that education. This is Begin Again. So if you are looking for a nuanced or interesting take on the Jesus tradition and all of its wisdom and all of its perplexity and mystery, then you found the right place. I sincerely hope that this helps you to rethink some things, to maybe grow in your own way for health and holiness, for your benefit and for the benefit of those around you. So again, welcome to Begin Again. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> oh man, I'm going to go with this one. Usually I don't like a, a, a rocky start like this, but let's keep it honest, right? That sounds good every so often. How many of you listened to a, a podcast and thought, you know what? I wish this was a little less polished. <laughs> well, uh, welcome. Thank you for listening. Uh, before we get started on this one called uh, the one about hallways, just quick one to say, if you haven't had a chance, uh, go and look at my website because on there you can sign up for an email list that I've been doing and I've been sending out an email every single Friday and I'm committed to trying to do this for the next 52 weeks for the next year. Okay. But the cool thing is the email list is already quadrupled uh, since starting it back on January 1st, pretty much. So that feels like a pretty nice privilege. That feels like a good win. But um, if you like some of the stuff that we say on these types of things, you'll like the stuff that happens over there. And not only that, you'll find out about other things I'm up to in addition to these episodes. So I hope you sign up for it. I really do. And if you do, you'll get a, the ultimate PDF. <laughs> it's a multi-page document that I made where I have linked and sourced almost like the best bibliography possible to what my brain is. <laughs> and maybe uh, you could go to it and look at that PDF and maybe find something for yourself to research to help you to be challenged and to grow and to think in a new way or whatever. So it's just a curated list. And if you sign up for the email list, you'll get that sent to you for free. All right. Um, but let's get started. Okay. And I wanted to keep it not necessarily unpolished, but maybe just keep it authentic for this episode because I've been in a funk today. I woke up and it's been kind of cloudy and rainy and I'm just a normal human being with emotions just like everyone else when the sun doesn't happen it affects me and probably you're the same way but also i am uh between things as well and i've always heard this phrase uh liminal spaces and i know that's where i i know that's where i am i i left my old job still figuring out what this next season of life looks like and it it feels good to somewhat take my time I guess you could say but I decided you know what let's just do a deep dive on liminal spaces and I end up I ended up 
uh, writing just a lot. And I ended up really kind of hmm, challenged, I guess you could say. I, I felt uh, validated in some ways reading, reading about liminal spaces. So I hope that my self-exploration helps you right now, okay? Seriously. Now, why did I call this one the the one about hallways? Because a hallway, this this is so obvious, a hallway exists between two rooms, from your bathroom to your kitchen or for your living room to your bedroom. Hallways are those in-between tunnels, right? I mean, I guess I didn't think about that. A hallway is really just a fancy tunnel. Huh. Anyways, uh, but it's the space between the spaces, you know? Nobody really hangs out in a hallway, but you gotta go through the hallway to get to where you're going. And that's kind of where this started to take off. And as I was thinking about hallways, as I was thinking about liminal spaces, I was coming to realize that there is actually a long tradition or wisdom about what it's like to be between the rooms. You know, perhaps you're shifting from one job to the next. Perhaps you're shifting from one hobby to the next. You're just going from one place to the next and you're stuck in traffic. That can be terrible, right? But no one really highlights or enjoys or uplifts the hallway experience. <laughs> like, wow, it's a really cool bedroom. Wow, it's a really cool living room. That's a really great bathroom. Look at this kitchen. But no one really slows down and appreciates a good hallway, right? So here's what happened. Okay. I literally realized earlier today that I'm in this liminal space myself. I'm not who I was. And I'm not yet who I will be. Okay, and the same is true for you. You are not who you were and you are not who you will be. Especially if you are in between certain things right now. That reality that you're not who you were, but you're not who you will be, it's pretty obvious. Don't you feel it? But what does liminal space mean? Okay, this is a concept. I looked it up. It comes from Victor Turner, Turner, sorry, Victor Turner. And he explored this and, and liminal comes from this word limen, which in Latin just means a threshold, you know, kind of like the threshold of a doorway. You're not outside, but you're not inside yet, or you're not out inside, but you're not outside either on the way in or way out of a building or home. And so liminal just means threshold. And I thought a, a, a good corollary might be a hallway because sometimes these in-between spaces are not just the five-inch depth of a door threshold, right, for your front door to your house. Sometimes these in-between spaces are a long hallway. You feel me? And sometimes it's hard to know when that long hallway of liminal space is going to end right so let's talk about that okay what do we do with this and the reality is 
all of us have been in hallways, but you don't really hang out there, sure. But as I was thinking about this, have any of you ever seen this bewildering play? I think it's a French existential play called Waiting for Godot. Have you ever heard of this? And uh, as I was looking it up, this was a play that was performed for the first time on January 5th, 1953. So almost 71 years ago, according to this year of 2022. But it's about two characters who have a, a variety of conversations while waiting for their other friend, Godot, to arrive, and Godot never arrives. So of course that might sound like French uh, existential nihilism, right? But they're there waiting, and they don't know when their waiting is going to end. So how fascinating is that? You might think that it's a, a play that would have failed pretty quick, but it actually caught on, and people loved going and watching a play about two friends waiting for another person to arrive that never arrives because you could put so much meaning into all of that that it's almost incomprehensible how much meaning there is in these liminal spaces. Yeah? Well, liminal means a threshold. Perhaps you're in a threshold space. But let's Let's break this down just a little bit further. Okay. A few weeks ago, I had a conversation with Suzanne Stabile. And in that conversation, she quoted Richard Rohr at me, where she said that liminal space may be the only teachable space, which was fascinating. That if you're in one state of being, you're probably not ready to learn or open to learning, you know. But if you're not yet at the next thing either, and you're in this in-between space, you're probably most able to respond or learn in some interesting way. Yeah. Well, but let, let's think about this. It's not just about learning because you can learn by going to school, you can learn by reading a book, but we're not really talking about that type of learning. What we're talking about is the kind of learning that is really about being open to changing, you know? It's one thing to be open to learning, but it's another thing to be open to the type of learning that leads to you changing. There's a lot of people that are out there who, and that are students. There's a lot of people out there that are constantly consuming books, but they're still the same person, you know? But actually, if you want to change and you want to grow, you almost have to put yourself into these hallway experiences, yeah? I was actually once asked, uh, I when I came back from the Appalachian Trail, hiking at six and a half months, I had someone ask me, wow, is that a life-changing experience? Is it absolutely, it totally was. I had a, a new site every single day for six and a half months and I had to struggle and sweat to see each new site personally. There was no cheerleader squad, it was all my own. 
And this person turned and, and asked, is it possible to have that same type of transformation by going on a five minute walk every day? And I, from my gut, I perhaps I responded too quickly. But I said, nope, I was certain, nope. You can't change and grow by having <laughs> a short burst of a liminal hallway in between experience that you define when it starts and when it finishes. <laughs> the best thing you can do is maybe not fight it when it's coming and not try to rush it when you're in it, you know? And so if we're being honest, thinking about even religious types, you know, even one hour a week on a Sunday morning is rarely enough time to be in a liminal space and to be actually changed by it. You know, you go and maybe you're there just to learn and that's good. Maybe you're there, uh, but you're there because you know when the end time is and when the end time doesn't end, when you thought it would end, you're out. And so it's very difficult to manufacture or even mm, codify i don't know what if that's even the right word codify or systematize that's a better word systematize a liminal space that affects you and forces you to do some of the necessary learning that leads to you changing and growing you know ah but let's be honest, we love these stories when they happen to other people. They're inspiring when other people go off on an adventure. When other people, uh, I know of someone who lost their job maybe like two years ago, and they had a good nine months before they could find their next full-time gig. But you know what? By the end of that, it's almost like they were born a whole new person. Nine months, huh? Or let's think from church history. There's St. John of the Cross who went to his religious leaders, his superiors, and told them, we could do this better, guys. And they hated it. So they locked him in a latrine with barely any light in it. And for nine and a half months, they only took him out to beat him, literally his Bible professors, to beat him and put him back in there. And we think he probably escaped in the middle of the night by the mercy of one of the guards. And he climbed out a different window, ran across the ledge that, actually we think we know which ledge he ran across, dropped down and then ran to some friends. We love his story. And if we're being honest, let, let's think about this. All these Marvel movies, was that? Let's think about this. Iron Man 3, Iron Man loses his iron suit. And so he's not who he was, Iron Man with the suit, He's not yet who he will be, but now he's in this in-between space of not having what he usually had. Or there's even a, I think it's the first Thor movie, Thor loses his hammer. And so he's in this in-between space. He's in this hallway space of not who he was, not who he thought he was, but not yet who he will be. Or let's think, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man loses his spider suit at that point and he's confronted with an in-between space a liminal space a hallway experience a threshold experience 
because it's going to cost each of them to learn. They're going to have to pay attention during that season to get the insight that they need to finally move on out of that liminal space. Now, why is it that we love these stories? Because they're kind of every story. Every story you've ever heard is about a main character going through a liminal experience, a hallway, a threshold, a transition time period where they've got to do the necessary learning to change and to grow so that they can be someone that can navigate the new world they're about to step into. Oh, you see, this is kind of every story, but it's also your story. So if you think about your own life, you can probably think back to a particular season or a difficult season between the seasons. Perhaps you left one job, you're headed towards another one. Perhaps, I don't know, maybe you did get stuck in traffic for four hours and you're in between places, but you're stuck and you can't rush it. And so you have to, in the moment, learn that you're impatient so that then you can gain the virtue of being patient. You know what I mean? So this is kind of everyone's story at some point in their life where we are made to uh, wait like Godot or wait for Godot. Wait like people that just don't know when the thing's going to end, but might as well have some meaningful conversations along the way. And so what's going on here? Well, Yes, we love these stories when they happen to other people, but we hate them when they happen to us, right? My mom loves to say that sometimes you're learning too much too fast, <laughs> and that can feel exhausting. And, uh, and so we might be prone to, to ask the powers that be, whoever it is, hey, can we just slow down? I just don't want to quite have to learn so much so fast right now. Can we just take a break from learning today? We hate these liminal spaces because they kind of reflect back to us the things that need to change. Things that perhaps in our gut we already know we need to learn that maybe we didn't learn yet. And so we hate this liminal space. And so what do we do? Well, we often set our lives up to live on autopilot. Apparently, neuroscience has shown that we live more than 80% of our daily life on autopilot. You don't think about how you brush your teeth. You don't think about how you turn on your car or drive to the grocery store. You don't think about how to necessarily put coffee in the coffee maker. These things have become habit. They've become ritual. And ritual is okay. But when we fall into a mindless state, and then when something happens and our whole morning routine gets shaken up, then we're in this liminal space of, the old routine doesn't work, but I don't know what the next routine is going to be. And that's why we love it when people tell these stories of, I, I made a decision to change my life after being unhappy, and I decided to start going to the gym every single morning, five or six days a week, you know? These, these stories are inspiring. But here's the ways that we can fortify ourselves against liminal spaces. Uh, staying in a routine. Okay. Uh, nothing needs to change. You don't need to grow. There's no new circumstances. There's no new problems to solve if your life is 100% in a routine. 
There's also no new problems or people to have to engage with when you're at the same job for decades. That's not a liminal space. You can't change or grow when you're dealing with the same issues and the same people day in, day out, forever. <laughs> or friendships. Um, you can do all these things for too long. And sometimes your gut tells you it's time to move on. But you can, you can probably think of a few other ways that we hold off and fight having to change, fight having to learn what needs to change, you know? And so I looked up this quote. Uh, this actually does come from Richard Rohr. This comes from in, in a book of his called Adam's Return. I think it's the subtitle is five, five Themes for Male Initiation. He at one point did a, a deep dive on how different cultures of the world have initiation rites for men. And we don't really have any in the West. How fascinating. But in there, he writes about liminal space and he says this. One of the most effective ways to avoid liminal space is to be quick, efficient, successful, and goal-oriented, or to be super religious on the right, or super correct on the left. In either place, you will only reconfirm all of your crutches, addictions, and false securities. I really like the phrase, uh, you will only reconfirm all your crutches. All the things that you use to prop up your own self and your own life, those things need to be swept away because maybe you have some learning and some growing to do that will help you to stand on your own, metaphorically, without the use of some of these uh, crutches of routine, you know? And so... Are there any passages that came to my mind? Well, how fascinating that there are passages in the Old Testament. Elijah, all the priesthood have been destroyed. He's the last living priest. The rest of them were killed. And so he ran off into the desert to go over to this mountain. And he climbs up to the top, hoping that he can hear the voice of the divine. This is known as an axis mundi, the uh, center of the world. Back in the day, they thought every mountain was the best place to meet the divine. <laughs> but he's there. And he has to sit there in silence for a couple of days before God finally whispers to him. And uh, it's really kind of funny. And, and so he's there and he finally hears the voice of God and the voice of God tells him to go back with this reconstituted... Uh, perspective of hope and what's possible in the world and so he he descends the mountain and he goes back but he goes back a different person he goes back changed because he heard the wisdom of the voice that he needed to hear in that liminal threshold holy mountain liminal space okay but even there's passages of jesus runs off to the desert he had his whole previous life where he was a carpenter the son of Joseph, and then he runs into the desert for 40 days. And there he wrestles. There he has to confront or challenge or be challenged with the things that he necessarily needs to learn in order to go back to the world a different person. Because when he comes back, he's no longer just a carpenter. 
he comes back and he's more than a carpenter. Now he's a traveling rabbi. And he's calling disciples from all the refuse of society of those days. And so what do we do with this? There's even passages beyond those in both the Hebrew scriptures and the Greek New Testament where people maybe sometimes purposefully choose to go into a hallway experience, into a threshold experience, into a liminal space because they know they've got something they need to confront. They know that they have something in which they need to uh, learn about themselves so that they can do more than just learn, but actually go and learn for the sake of being transformed by it. And so that's really what all these liminal spaces are about. The liminal spaces are like the caterpillar entering a chrysalis so then they can come out a butterfly. This is the chrysalis stage. This is that in-between, between two states. And really, we tend to either hold off and inoculate or insulate ourselves from having to deal with uh, liminal spaces, or we go into them and then we rush them. And when we rush them, we miss the wisdom that we're supposed to learn that would actually help us to return from that liminal space better able to cope and to deal and to, I don't know, survive in the world, in the new world, as a new person that's done the necessary growth and uh, chrysalis transformation that they need to. And so uh, the Hebrew word for Holy Spirit is ruach. And it means breath. It means wind. It can mean even violent wind like a torrent or a tornado even. It can mean wide open spaces because obviously wide open spaces are where intense winds can happen. Not really in a crowded alleyway in a street. Not quite the same way. And so Ruach is actually all about this in-between space. <sighs> Ruach isn't really interested in the old creation, in what happened before. It's not really interested in who you used to be. And in some sense, it is interested in who you will be, but it's really interested. Ruach is passionately interested in the moment of the now, of the liminal space, of hoping and helping each of us to, to learn the necessary wisdom so that we can stop fighting the transformation that needs to happen, but also so that we don't rush it. And uh, a few weeks ago, just before talking with Suzanne Stabile, I had a conversation with uh, Jerome Libby. And in there, he asked this brilliant question that when you're in a, a disorienting or um, disordered season of life where things feel shaky, the ground beneath you, you know, he asked, uh, it's a great thing to ask, am I being threatened or is my way of life being threatened? And I thought that's a brilliant question. Some of us may hold off on liminal experiences because we think they'll kill us. But actually what it will do is actually kill the way of life that we had before. 
it's not that we're going to die from this intense experience. It's that um, the old way of going about life needs to die so that the new way can be expansive and inclusive and more vibrant and like 3D and in technicolor, whereas before life was in 2D and black and white. And so liminal spaces really are seriously holy spaces. And how interesting that these may be the only times in which real transformational learning can happen. Everything else before that is kind of practice. Everything else before that is kind of just giving you tools or, or clever ideas that maybe you can remember when you're in that liminal space. But nothing really beats being someone that is always willing to go into the liminal threshold hallway experiences with courage and with wisdom, but with courage knowing that is that this process could actually be the exact thing that you need. Oh, so good. So let's wrap this up. Here we go. If you are in a liminal space, great. It's right where you need to be even if it's uncomfortable, exhausting, or teaching you too much too fast, if it's threatening your old way of life that really wasn't serving you anymore anyways, let's be honest, yet not yet disclosing or revealing to you exactly who you are becoming or what new way of life will be born next, if you're in that space, great. That should be celebrated. even though it is rough. But you know, you also can trust the Ruach, trust the spirit, as the word is in Hebrew, Ruach. Even with all this stuff, trust that Ruach has you right where you need to be. Because let's be honest, you don't want to leave the liminal hallway in between threshold spaces too quickly without learning what it has to teach you so that you can be transformed by it in some sense so that you don't have to go through it again and instead can move on to the next liminal space. <laughs> uh, it's really a matter of recognizing that Ruach is very much interested in constant like gravity almost constantly pulling us inviting us ushering us um uh luring us or um romancing us into becoming who we can be and that's a very difficult thing but i do believe that's very much at the center of the jesus tradition in all of its varieties of ways and terms and all the, the, the ways it's interpreted, the ways it's expressed, it's really about being open to change. And let's be honest, change is hard, 
but change might be exactly what we need. So may you, the listener, not rush your liminal experience. May you not uh, hold it off for too long. May you learn what it has to teach you for the sake of you changing, for the sake of you growing, for the sake of you being transformed by it. May you not have to go through the same type of liminal space over and over and over and over again because of not being willing to hear the wisdom that it has to teach you in this in-between space. And so may you walk this in-between space with graciousness, with gratitude, and with courage, and with grit, and with thanksgiving that you are going through it at all. Because, (laughs) oh man, that's where the good stuff is, right? So, I don't know how else to finish this. May you be blessed by this episode as I was doing the research on it for myself, okay? You are all lovely, and we'll see you next time. Grace and peace to you.